Robots Radio presents Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast. I'm not usually a hat fan, but wow. Maybe like the bear and dagger. I'm really sipping on that dumb bitch juice today. And, um... <laughs> yeah, I am. But you know what? Someday I just might grow out of that. But you, you will never stop being a jerk. All chocolate cakes are good. You're a fascist. It's hideous. It's horrible. It's home. Angry white boy, let's go! Hello, and welcome to Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast. The only podcast that loves you more than your own mother. I'm Chad Eckwitz. And there is no summer in the room today. So, what happened was, we decided to take a bit of a break this week. So instead of doing an episode, we decided to do a mishmash of our favorite episodes. So we've taken two stories from past episodes, and we're just going to replay them for you. It's not a hack, it's not a bit, it's not anything like that. We just felt like having a bit of a break this week, and we will return to our usual, lovely scheduled programming next week. We promise you that. So we hope you really enjoy this episode of Mishmash Things, and uh, yeah, we will see you next week properly for a new episode where we will be reviewing two of the worst movies from August 2021, which is Free Guy and The Protégé. So for Simone's episode that she chose for this Mishmash episode, she went for the Keanu Reeves week where we did Constantine. This is one of Simone's favorite episodes because she loves Keanu Reeves and also they share a birthday with each other, which is very, very exciting. So that is September 2nd, which was actually last week, if you're listening to this on the day it came out. So I hope you will all join our Discord or go onto Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter and wish Simone a very, very happy belated birthday because she definitely deserves it. So without further ado, here is Simone's Keanu Reeve Constantine episode. Well, now, Simone, should we spend six hours chatting about Constantine? Yes! Okay. So excited. So excited. Okay, so I did not write a, uh, a synopsis for this either. Don't need However, to. I have seen this film about a million mm. times, so I pretty much know it off the heart. Uh, it doesn't mean that my synopsis will be any good because I am bad at synopses. It's okay. So, Keanu Reeves, played by John... Uh, nope. John Constantine, played by Keanu Reeves, is this badass sort of occultist dude who... As a kid, unfortunately, could see demons and angels and all that kind of thing. This caused him to have a bit of a mental breakdown where his parents decided to see if they could fix him. And they made things worth with electroshock therapy and things. And he eventually killed himself. Unfortunately, well, fortunately for him, he didn't actually die. He was clinically dead for two minutes, but then came back to life. Unfortunately, because of the fact that he did commit suicide, this means that he will be going to hell. The problem with this is his job in his day-to-day life is sending demons back to hell. So as he so clearly says in the movie, could you imagine being incarcerated in a place where all of the inmates were put there by you? So now he's spending the rest of his days trying to get back into heaven. Unfortunately for him, he is then diagnosed with lung cancer because he is a constant smoker. This really shortens his time on earth, especially now because he's definitely going to hell and has like three months to live. So it's yikes on bike situations. That's when he meets uh, Angela Dodson, played by Rachel Weiss, who is this cool-talking detective. Unfortunately, her sister, Isabel Dodson, also played by Rachel Weiss, uh, committed suicide. 
She was put in an insane asylum, a mental health hospital, being able to see things. uh, And uh, she seemed to have killed herself. Now, Angela believes that she didn't actually kill herself. She believes that she was provoked and pushed. Also, because they're devout Catholics, Angela wants Isabel to be uh, to be buried, but of course the church doesn't or won't allow that because she is a suicide. Well, she just can't get a Catholic funeral service. Oh yeah, she can't get a Catholic funeral service because she's a suicide. Angela uh, eventually catches on to Constantine and understands that he knows a lot more about this stuff, about the craziness of, of the occult world and the fact that, you know, his, his her sister was able to see demons and things. She thinks there be, might be a connection and she he can help him. As the movie progresses, we learn that uh, the demons are actually trying something pretty crazy. Uh, it turns out that the devil also had a son, just like Jesus Christ, and this guy, Mammon, wants to come back to Earth. But in order to do so, he needs the help from a divine being, and he also needs a very, very strong psychic. This was supposed to be Isabel, Isabel Dodson's role, but unfortunately, she killed herself. This is when it turns out that Angela is, in fact, also used to be able to see angels and demons and things, but she denied it for long enough that the visions went away and she was allowed to not go to a mental health health hospital like her sister. As the movie further progresses and we meet more of his friends, such as Chaz Kramer, played by Shia LaBeouf, who acts as uh, Keanu Reeves' sort of handyman and everything, he tries to help him. You've got Midnight, played by Jimon Honzu, who is this sort of neutral Switzerland-like figure, who's also just super sexy. Everyone in this movie is super sexy. Uh, And uh, (laughs) they all try to help figure this out and try and get sort of everything back to rights. In the end, with uh, the help of Gabriel played by Tilda Swinton, Mammon is almost able to come back onto Earth to wreak havoc on the world and turn it into essentially hell on Earth. Constantine finds this out, and in the final moments, just before Mammon is able to breach through hell and come to Earth, he decides to kill himself. The reason he does this is because it is believed that Satan himself would come up to Earth to collect John Constantine's cell. That's how important he is. Turns out this is what actually happens. We meet Satan, played by Peter Stormar. He's so, He's good. so good. He comes and speaks to Constantine. Constantine tells Satan that his son is in the next room. He's trying to come through to Earth. Satan, obviously very pissed off about this, grabs Mammon, takes him back to hell, turns, uh, essentially turns Gabriel into a human being, and Constantine uh, is about to go to heaven because of his ultimate sacrifice. Could he does essentially in those final moments, he says to Satan, you can have my soul in exchange. I want Isabel to go to heaven because, you know, she committed suicide, so she's down in hell. He wants her to go to heaven. This is what is considered an ultimate sacrifice and would buy John Constantine's way into heaven. That's when Satan goes, nope, not today. You will prove yourself and you will go back to hell. (laughs) He reaches inside Constantine, pulls out the cancerous tumors so that Constantine can live. The end. What's your cliffhanger, Chad? So it has to be this scene. So do I have to take the rest of my clothes off or can I leave them on? John? I'm thinking. And it's just so (laughs) sexy and wonderful and oh my god. Keanu Reeves is the only man who can make that line not creepy. If any other man had said that line where he's like, "Mm, I'm thinking, and he's like (laughs) staring at her, you'd be like, oh, you disgusting creep. But when Keanu Reeves does it, you're like, oh. No, because you know he's being a gentleman about it. 
You, that's the point with Keanu Reeves. He's fighting his worst nature. Exactly. He wants to see her naked, but he also knows that he needs to be respectful because he's an adult male who understands that women are not objects. So he's like... And he's enough of a flirt to let her know. Oh, yes. And it's perfect. And her reaction, that is probably the best piece of acting because it is so genuine. I mean, if you're facing Keanu Reeves and you're like, do you want me to take my clothes off? And he's like, not saying anything. You're going to be like, ooh. John. (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't even do a giggle to her credit. Yeah, (laughs) that must have been very difficult. Oh, damn. (sighs) I mean, I suppose you can't, visually you can't make a cliffhanger because if like we could do a visual cliffhanger it would be as Constantine is ascending to heaven and he just lifts the middle (laughs) finger to Satan behind him. Yes, it's so good. Perfect. So Good. That is a perfect scene. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That should be everyone's wallpapers. Just, it's so beautiful. I thought if mm-hmm. you were going to say a visual cliffhanger, it's that bit where his shirt's open and you get to see his beautiful abs. I thought that's where you were going with this. I mean... I'm not a complete... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but also... But I wouldn't say no. Yeah, I mean... Oh, oh, yes. You know I like a nice, traumatized, emotionally unavailable man. Oh, yeah. So John Constantine is... Right up my alley. I mean, he's broken with a capital B. So, yeah, mm-hmm. you could fix and him. And throwing some, like, Catholic imagery in Ooh, there. Yeah. Like, now we're speaking to my childhood. I am there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's ticking off those traumas. That's what that's doing. <laughs> tick, tick, tick. <laughs> I love this movie so much. It's so fun. It's so good. Have you ever read any of the comics? No, I haven't. I've watched a couple of the animated DC movies that involve um, Constantine. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I've told you, I think, like, this is a journey that I went on this year where I discovered the character John Constantine for the first time. And I was really fucking annoyed that I've never (laughs) heard of him before because I love everything about him. It's such a cool character. It's, I mean, the comic book is very different from this John Constantine. But even so, he's such a great character. He's this British sort of edgy blonde man. And you know what? It's such a fun comic book. If our listeners are into comic books and into DC stuff and love the sort of Catholic deity kind of vibe, like his comic, like the Constantine comics, they're called Hellblazer. Uh, So don't look for Constantine, Uh look for Hellblazer. And they're just superb comics. Unbelievable. He's also, um, he appears most, well, I don't know how most recently it is, but he's in the Sandman. You know, Mm -hmm. Audible did that radio drama of the Sandman. Mm -hmm. And there are one or two stories where the Sandman needs John Constantine's help. John Constantine is voiced by Joel Egerton. (gasps) Wow. Uh, Okay. And it's wonderful. That sounds incredible. That's so good. That's so good. But even, like, with the differences from, like, the comic book to the film, this Constantine, this, you know, Keanu's Constantine is fucking awesome. The American Constantine, really. Yeah, the American (laughs) Constantine. It's fucking awesome. He's so cool. Oh, yeah. Like, every every scene in that movie is just so well thought out and beautiful. Yeah. Like, you know, when he goes and, like, tries to get that demon, soldier demon, out the girl, and he's, like, pulling on the mirror, that's cool. (laughs) He punches it in the face. It's so... (laughs) fucking good that bit um yeah like like shia labeouf as his assistant Chaz, is a delight mm-hmm. and he's, it's young shia as well so it's like this baby face it's so adorable yeah his little baby face i think what does it well as well is just like the comedic aspects of it as well that are like baked in yeah. throughout yeah i'm totally yeah and, and what, what what are your your thoughts generally on this film i mean 
I think the whole last act where they're in the building and he's trying to save Rachel mm-hmm. and he has that interaction with Gabriel and then the guy who plays Lucifer, mm-hmm. the guy who plays Lucifer, his performance Unbelievable. is incredible because he really embraces that like animalistic mm-hmm. aspects of the character. Like he has like... Uh, he does like a snake s, yes. and um, he growls at some points, like really embodying these like prey animals, but mm-hmm. not in a way that's ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. In a way that's like so creepy. Mm. And then it's also you know it's Lucifer, so he's like a cool guy, and he like lights a cigarette for John <laughs> Constantine before he drags him to hell, and like. You know, he fights Gabriel, and Gabriel's no longer getting God's support. And Tilda Swinton is a great, yes. like, androgynous angel So being. cool. It's just the whole last mm-hmm. act might be the coolest thing I've ever seen. He, like, that's the, I think that was the problem because, I mean, when I first saw this movie, anybody who plays Satan after him is yeah. ruined. Like, that role as Satan yeah. is retired because he is the best at it. Um, without yeah. question. And and yeah, I think the casting for this movie is exceptional. Midnight as Outstanding. as as Jimon as Honzu is unbelievable. What a yeah. perfect person to play that role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is just like Tilda Swinton in, in that in that suit when she's in the church as well. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> uh I'm not usually attracted to angels or women, <laughs> but I love that you... I'd like Gabriel ruin my life. I love that you said it in that order. Just angels and then women. As if, like, your your main, like... Like, angels are just, like, a normal yeah. thing that you see on Tinder. They're just hitting you up all the time. And it's just like, oh, I'm just drowning oh. in that angel. I'm just not into angels. Just, can they just leave me alone? <laughs> and after that, then, then I'm woman. like, oh. Yeah, women are next. And Tilda Swinton. <laughs> So why do you think this movie got a bad score? Like, I just, I, I can't understand. I can't fathom it. I, I, I don't know. And I feel like it's got, like, a cult following mm-hmm. now. Like, I know at the last Comic-Con, which was a couple months ago and obviously entirely online, they actually had a panel with some of the cast of um, this movie. Amazing. Uh, talking about, like, the enduring reputation it has and the enduring following it mm. has. So... I wouldn't say that the movie's unsuccessful. I think it was successful yeah. in that, like... We love it. Yeah. It's so great. I think the time it was made, which was 2006, I think. Six, yeah, 2005, something like that. Yeah. This was around the time when really bad superhero movies were coming True. out. Or like a lot of movies based on comic books were really bad. Like this was Daredevil yeah. and Elektra and Catwoman. <laughs> <laughs> so people... I think audiences didn't get it or like most audiences weren't ready for mm-hmm. it. Like, you know, when you have an action hero, he's an ex-veteran uh, who yeah, yeah, yeah. is ready to shoot things. Um, and it's not like slender Keanu Reeves mm-hmm. being angry <laughs> and also sensitive mm-hmm. and, you know, using a cat to go into hell. But he's not fighting anyone. He's just trying to find clues. <laughs> So I think it was maybe a different idea of action movie mm-hmm. from what people expected back then. And maybe it was like a little too different. Maybe it was a little out there for the mainstream at the time. Yeah, 
I think. What do you I think? think? You're actually, I, I think you're 100 right. I didn't even think about it that way. Uh, just at the time, like it coming out with all like Devil Devil and things like that. You're, but you're so right because Keanu is yeah. not that, and especially from like a DC. Uh, sorry, is it DC or is it Vertigo? It's Vertigo. It's, it's DC. a DC. So yeah, from like a DC point of view, where you've got like Batman as your as your main guy. Seeing yeah. skinny cons, uh, seeing seeing skinny Keanu is just not going to work for you. Yeah, and and yeah, like I think maybe because it was so choppy, in terms of you've got the Spear of Destiny stuff, but that feels yeah. like it feels like it's supposed to be more yeah, important. Yeah, doesn't lead in. Very yeah, well. exactly. Which is which is fine. I mean, it's it's fine, but yeah, like maybe that's why I didn't do well, just because of like objectively speaking, it doesn't tie in well together but individually every single scene is beautiful and perfect that bit right in the beginning where the mexican guy finds the spear of destiny and gets hit by that car and the car gets so fucked up amazing establishing scene incredible and it just goes on from there at like height and height and height and it's amazing so yeah i don't care what the critics say to be honest i will love this movie until my dying day yeah it's beautiful this movie is a hoot and a half the whole way through. Uh-huh. It's just so much fun. You know, this is like the exact type of fantasy I like too. I love urban fantasy. Mm-hmm. It's gritty in all the right ways. It doesn't take itself too seriously. It's it's just so fun. Mm, absolutely. It is. And, and yeah, it's just very pretty. Like everything and everyone yeah. in it is very pretty. I mean, we haven't even mentioned Balthazar. Just the most stunning Englishman ever. And again, beautiful suit. So many beautiful suits in this film. Great suit. Incredible. And then his, like, the makeup and things for this film, incredible as well. Yeah. Like, all of it is just perfect, perfect, perfect in that respect. Also also led me to one of my favorite bands of all time, Perfect Circle, which is, uh, you know that song (laughs) that first time they go into Midnight's Bar? I can't remember what it's called now. Um, mm. And there's that song playing while he's walking through. That's Perfect Circle. And I yeah. love them. It like took me through my emo phase. It was <laughs> everything I needed. <laughs> I also love that they didn't. I feel like the early 2000s was also like, um, you know, Interview with a Vampire mm-hmm. was quite popular then. And that sort of uh, leather vampire uh-huh. vibe was very like underworld. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, what was the one we reviewed ages ago? Queen of, Queen the, of Damned. the Damned, yeah, yeah. This like leather vampire feel was very in, mm-hmm. and they leaned into that like a tiny bit with that bar scene, yeah. but it wasn't like obscene. No, no, it was it was very understated, and I think that's what's also cool about this movie is just like it just everything felt very casual and normal. It's just like oh yeah, there's demons running around, and there's like a weird insect demon crab thing that's just there. Yeah, and it's just kind of cool. It just happens. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's fun. So. Any chance there's a scene that could have saved this for you? Because, I mean, I'm drawing a blank. I don't know about you. I think, like you mentioned, they could have included the Sword of Destiny a little better. Mm -hmm. That, I think, didn't blend as seamlessly as it could. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, I mean, maybe some more Lucifer, just because the actor was so good yeah. and him and Keanu like their whole his whole relationship with John Constantine and how they have kind of like a begrudging ex- mm-hmm. respect for one another that was such a cool dynamic I thought that was really good you know I loved that the movie didn't actually have John Constantine kissing mm-hmm. um what's her name uh, Angela, Angela Dodson yeah yeah at any point yeah. really yeah like they oh there's a lot of tension oh, there yeah. <laughs> and she wants him to kiss her, 
and he wants to kiss her and then they no, don't no, no. because that's not what the movie's about but oh, we wanted it and i'm glad that they mm-hmm. actually didn't do it like you're just like oh you 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 flirt <laughs> i think it's it's cool in that respect as well because it doesn't leave any resolution on the table it's not just like oh well at least no. he got the girl kind of thing it's sort of just like he's this very dark soul and you need to understand yeah. that and that's cool he doesn't necessarily get the girl like maybe they'll go on a few dates maybe they'll never talk again mm. you don't know exactly and that's cool it's cool yeah and uh what's your scene oh, that could have saved nothing it? nothing i love this movie so much <laughs> it's, perfect. it's perfect in every way and i wouldn't change a thing um maybe not so many of his friends dying that broke my heart i love his friends and they all like die and it's just no they're they're nice people it's so awful you know for a person who like from his just natural story doesn't have a lot of friends and you're gonna kill all of them fuck you yeah come on guys especially Chaz. Yeah, that was some bullshit. I don't know what or who killed him, but that is oh, bullshit. Vicious. Vicious. Yeah, that was heartbreaking. Would you watch it again? Oh, yeah. It, I was so excited to do it for this week because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I get to watch Constantine. Perfect. Perfect week. I would definitely watch this again. Damn, when I was, okay. when I was, uh, I went on holiday to Egypt and I took this movie with me. That's how much I love this movie. I'm not even ashamed to admit that. So I would watch Mm-mm. this again today. Not a problem. Yeah. Fucking badass totally. movie. This makes me just want to do a Constantine marathon <laughs> and watch all the DC animated ones. Mm-hmm. And um, I believe they have a Constantine character in Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, cool. Okay. Interesting. Um, the TV series. Mm. And so this actor, I kind of looked into him a bit. Uh, so he was also, there's a 2017 live action Constantine movie uh, starring okay. him. Okay. British Constantine. Interesting. And then he's in Legends of Tomorrow. And he voices Constantine in the DC animated movies. Mm-hmm. The most recent one being like the dark trilogy right. so he it's the same actor for all of them cool. he's basically he, he is, is constantine at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um god let me actually let me look up his name quick i feel bad <laughs> and would you while you're looking him up would you say like in comparison to keanu's constantine like what is what is your feeling? i mean it's, it's hard, hard to compare mm. yeah it's hard to compare the british and the american one i think they both have to have very devil may care attitudes mm-hmm. while also having that attitude that's relevant to their respective culture right if that makes yeah, sense yeah absolutely absolutely like, like, th- like i think british i don't give a fuck is very different from american i don't give a absolutely. fuck absolutely if you had put a british person yeah. in keanu's role in that movie with the same lines it wouldn't have worked it wouldn't have popped yeah. so absolutely exactly yeah yeah uh so this actor that i was talking about is matt ryan cool yeah and he does a fantastic job fantastic awesome okay i'll go check out his constantine stuff yeah no he's a great great constant you can never have enough constantine in your life no 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 no, no. Looking for a Fallout audio drama? It's True Vault Escapades! That's right, follow the death-defying adventures of Detective Walter Camry and his vault girl Bunny as they solve the wasteland's biggest mysteries. From the dramatic Texas prologue to the high-stakes world of New Vegas, Walter and Bunny risk it all to crack everything from murders, slaver syndicates, and corruption at the highest level in post-nuclear America. True Vault Escapades. It's a Fallout show with a detective twist. Look for True Vault Escapades wherever you get your podcasts. So there you have it. I really enjoyed doing that episode because, you know, just to celebrate Keanu Reeves in all his brilliance is always really fun. And yeah, we just had a really good time doing that episode. 
So for my pick for our mishmash episode, I chose the nun from our, one of our Halloween episodes from last year. I really enjoyed this episode because we got to meet David Alt, one of our all-time favorites, who is a voice actor from the No Sleep podcast. He was gracious enough to join us for an episode uh, for one of our Halloween episodes, and he became a lifelong friend, and we absolutely adore him. And we're really hoping we can get him back for Halloween this year because he is just the most fun. And yeah, we we thoroughly enjoyed having him, and he made the podcast so much better. And he's just got the most bomb ass voice. I also really enjoyed doing this episode because The Nun is one of the wildest movies after the success of The Conjuring and the Annabelle series. It's just crazy to think that The Nun was made, just at all. That's just a wild idea. So please enjoy the soothing sounds of David Alt and then two weird South Africans who joined him on their own podcast. We should go with The Nun 2018. Okay. Fantastic. Excellent. None, none. This is a pretty short <clears throat> synopsis because there isn't <laughs> much of a plot. Because there's not a lot of story, no. No, no, no. no. <laughs> okay. Father Burke, a priest who deals in the strange, played by Damien Bashir, and Sister Irene, a woman who has not yet taken her vows to be a nun, played by Tysa Formiga, go to Romania to investigate the recent suicide of a nun in a remote convent. Uh, helping them is Frenchie, a French-Canadian man living in the small <laughs> Romanian farming town, played by Jonas Bloquet. He is also the one who discovered the nun's body. He shows them the way to the convent, where it is immediately extremely creepy. It turns out that there are still nuns at the convent, and Father Burke immediately wants to start chatting to them. Unfortunately, he got there just as night is about to fall, and it turns out that the nuns maintain a vow of silence from sunset to sunrise. So, they have to stay the night. Frenchie says, cheers, I'll pick you up in a couple days. Uh, good luck to you. Creepy stuff starts happening <laughs> basically immediately. There's clearly a very dark presence, but the two of them survive the night and through the night manage to find some old books that might give them a clue as to what strange things are happening at the convent. During the day, Sister Irene goes to chat to some of the other nuns and find out more about the convent, and Father Burke is deep in his studies and maybe chatting to the Mother Superior, who is very not forthcoming with information. <laughs> <laughs> During the day, Sister Irene learns that the convent actually used to be the lair of some, I guess, Satanist priest bad guy <laughs> who did a whole blood ritual to unleash some dark evil from the pits of hell. Fortunately, the church got there just in time, killed him, and sealed the portal. To keep the portal sealed, though, the nuns maintain a perpetual adoration, so there's always someone praying in the chapel 24-7. It's not clear how that works with the vow of silence, but it's not <laughs> thought of again. <laughs> don't worry about it. Just yeah. Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> it's not the biggest of the plot holes. No. <laughs> Frenchie, when he's back in the village, realizes that actually they might need his help, so he decides to head back just as night begins to fall, and really creepy shit starts happening. It turns out that all of the nuns there were actually ghosts. They'd been killed a really long time ago, and the, the sister that committed suicide was doing so so that the demonic presence unleashed in the convent would not possess her and go forth into the world. They decide that they need to figure out how to get to the portal and how to close it. To do this, they use Sister Irene's sort of psychic visions that she sometimes has to find <laughs> their way there. Uh, 
They fight their way. Frenchie helps them. Eventually, they manage to seal the portal. They think everything is done. Except it turns out that Frenchie became the vessel of the demonic presence in the chapel, who we now know as the demon Valak. And that leads nicely into the first Conjuring, where Ed and Lorraine Warren are trying to perform an exorcism on him back in Canada. And Lorraine sees the vision of Valak that would fuel her through the Conjuring 2. The end. That, that's it's a, just a big circle. That's a lot more story than there was. <laughs> it was it was quite like when you get to the end, you're like, huh. <laughs> I think that's a that's a perfect reaction to it. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> mm. So so tell us, what is your clip hanger, Simone? Uh, it's gonna be this one. What is it, Mister Terro? Joe's husband or angry father? I'm sorry, what? Well, usually it's one of the two. An older man and a young, beautiful, not so innocent girl show up on my doorstep at this hour of the morning. I beg your pardon, Mr. Thoreau, but you and I have never met. Oh. Oh. And it's the clip uh, where the French guy immediately starts hitting on the nun. And it's just because this is like the only attempt they ever make really at building personality in any of the characters uh, besides like standard sort of tragic backstories and like the one sad magic girl, like that's her vibe. And it's not even a very good attempt. He's just French, no. so they're like, he must seduce her. <laughs> but the, they make it explicitly clear over and over again that he's French-Canadian. Mm-hmm. It is so important that you mm-hmm. understand that he's French-Canadian in this. And then at the end, we find out why. And why? It's, it's so that they don't have any language barrier. <laughs> because there's no language barrier with anyone, it seems, in the village. Everyone in so Romania speaks, speaks English. English. Yes. It's great. It's just, you know, that's what you hear when you go to Romania. Mm. Romania, the place mm-hmm. where everyone speaks perfect English. Everyone knows that. I, I, oh, well, the, the only place that they don't seem to speak perfect English in the film is in London. Because I, I was <laughs> really, uh, I was so happy to see how everyone tried to do their British accents for that one scene. <laughs> And then Taisa Farmiga just says, oh, what the hell? Um, I'm just going back to normal when she gets <laughs> yeah. to Romania. So uh, I thought that was that was a really nice, uh, <laughs> really nice thing for her to do. <laughs> uh, so so you wrote notes, which means already you're you're much better at this podcast than we are. <laughs> so so talk us talk us through some of your notes on the nun. Well, I so I I went in with low expectations and uh, okay. with that with that intention in mind of trying to find the good points and and I thought uh, as I was saying to you guys just before we started recording that um, uh, when I was first asked to be on the podcast you, you asked nicely and then you you gave this really good idea for a podcast and I thought this is brilliant so uh, yes trying to find the positive in something that has been universally panned which I think is just it's such a nice thing to do in in a world and in a year like this one so yes yeah, so I I went in with low expectations but trying to but looking out for yeah. the positive and and right immediately I thought wow this is there's a really good spooky atmosphere they've mm. they've done mm-hmm. very well with with the presentation with the uh, with the set and everything and, and that first mm-hmm. set piece where uh, the nun floats down the corridor and the oh, candles yeah. go out and either side oh, of yeah. her that's you know that looks really really good 
uh, and the ravens are there and they're all going arr, arr, <laughs> and, and looking at everyone and it's uh, i thought oh this is they've they've really done done nicely on that um then yes uh <laughs> and then the rest of the movie happens <laughs> <laughs> we then go to rome and and i did like um the monsignor saying father burke shit um which i think <laughs> it was him doing a sean connery impression uh but you never know <laughs> Uh, then, oh yes, one thing I did notice. So when they arrive in Romania and Frenchie says, mm-hmm. you're out in the sticks here and they put their suitcases onto the, onto the that, truck and, and oh, the truck drives so off. Yes. But did you notice, did you notice the number plate on the truck? No, no. What was the number plate? V-A-L, I think it was O-1-A-K. Oh, oh it's the name it's of the there. one. It's there on the <laughs> number plate. It's the beginning. That's yes. so fun. <laughs> Apparently they did this um, in the Conjuring yes, too as well. They, they did hid on the name. on the bookshelf. Yeah, on the bookshelf. Yes, yes. They say they hid it, but I mean, <laughs> they, I mean, it was it was so obvious. I mean, who has letters as just like random placeholders in the middle of your of your book cupboard, and they're just like, yeah, this will do fine. I'm so mm. stupid with details like that. I really like. If I were a prey animal, I'd get eaten so quickly because my observation skills are garbage. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's for, for me. It's just something that I like to look, things like number mm, plates, and it's yeah. not. It's I'm I'm not a number plate spotter or anything like that. But I just like to to see if there's anything that, that if yeah. people have hidden anything yeah. in there. What I what I what I loved, and I think this is the issue with the film in itself. It's it's obviously James Wan trying to be funny, which you know, <laughs> if you're a horror director, just stay in your lane. It's fine. I love that. <laughs> but but it's the fact that like. I like the comedy. The comedy's great, but then they laugh at themselves and you have to like you're forced to know that this is a joke. It was the it was the setup for that, you know, we put the bags on the on the mm-hmm. on the truck and then the truck girl drives off and here's our thing. And that's great, that's fine, leave the joke there. But it's the fact that the priest and and the, the, the female protagonist just start laughing and they're just like, Oh, we're so silly. <laughs> and it's just like it's, oh, it's okay, like the end of a nineties sitcom it. where everyone turns to each other and goes, <laughs> 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 exactly and i like i just and that was like repeated throughout the movie and it just mm. it broke my heart <laughs> the the rest of the time the the actors didn't seem to be playing it tongue in cheek they they didn't seem to know that they were in a terrible horror film that they, <laughs> that they had to be ashamed of they were they were giving it i i, I think they were giving it their all well not quite their all yeah. but they they were they were doing they weren't phoning it in mm, yeah yeah mm. Gotta I, agree with you, yeah i watched this whole movie feeling like there were scenes missing from it because mm. there's so much buildup for different things. You know, the priest has that backstory with the child who got possessed and he couldn't save him. Mm. And like all that really manifests in is like one creepy child scene, which admittedly was very scary, but yes. like that was yeah. it. And there's no really like resolution for him character wise. And the same goes with yeah. like the nun who she hasn't, done her vows yet um but she doesn't seem to be having like a huge crisis of faith about it she's just like i'm just taking my time before i commit and again like at the end like she you know she does her vows before they do their final battle but it doesn't seem like any big personal 
change in her at all. Mm. So like everything, you're just like, but what does it mean? <laughs> Why are you telling me this? It, it's when it's when they uh, they were saying, well, the, yes, the the demon needs a pure vessel to be able to yeah. to go in. Uh, so let's bring in a novice, a nun, and yeah, then make the her a bride of Christ. <laughs> yes. <laughs> let's make sure her purity is right there yeah, for the taking let's really confirm yeah. it in the presence of this demon yeah. called the defiler yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean if she hadn't have taken her vows would the Jesus blood still have worked is my question I mean it's, it's, oh, I it's Jesus's blood so I don't understand like flashback they show a priest wielding the blood so surely mm. the priest could have just done it like there was no real reason that she needed to be a nun i'm sorry that. but like any human being if frenchy had had the blood it's the <laughs> yeah. blood of jesus, jesus christ yeah. should, french, he should did be everyone he did have the blood though as well <laughs> yeah that's true at, at yeah. the end you know, he, he, there he was and then shoot across her yeah and that, that was yeah. <laughs> so... but but yeah <laughs> What did you like about the movie, Chad? I loved my favorite thing, and I love this throughout James Wan's movies is the music, oh, and yeah. and just that that deep monk voice whenever oh, the nun yeah. was, or, or you, you know, whenever Valak mm. came on the screen was just great. That that it's just yeah. it's so much fun to, and you're just like, oh, here we go, something's about to happen, and it's creepy, <laughs> and I just love that. Yeah, what did what did you guys like love about it? What was the redeeming factor. Well, you I, know, I, I quite, oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. You. Oh, no, no, after you, ladies first. <laughs> we don't do that here. It's fine. You don't oh, don't worry. About. Okay, right. But, right. Uh, <laughs> but I'll, I'll go. Um, I genuinely, again, this is my stupid, like, non observational uh, brain working, <laughs> but I did not clock the fact that the nuns weren't real. <laughs> So when they re-enter the chapel, like I was like, "Oh shit!" Um, and then because the nuns weren't there, uh, and I mm -hmm. really did kind of enjoy a little bit the idea of like there's always a nun praying very like fervently yeah. all the time. I thought that mm -hmm. was quite cool imagery. So I liked like that whole aspect of it. I, yeah, I, you know, but. Yeah, once the twist came and it really settled in, I was like, well, that was stupid, actually. <laughs> <laughs> They've all just been collectively hallucinating nuns the whole day. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a day well spent to me, but <laughs> that's just how I like to get down. <laughs> but I do like the, the idea of perpetual adoration just sounds very cool. Like, there has to be someone praying at all time and they do it in, like, shifts and things. Yeah. That's awesome. My that's old church cool. used to do that. Well, when I went oh. to church... <laughs> <laughs> Several many years ago, before you became a child of Satan, like yeah, like all of us. <laughs> How about you, David? What what was the the defining things of this film? Well, I, I what I liked was the the very nice depiction of playing with perception and mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. the way because the the two films that I've I've just watched pretty much back to back uh, in preparation for this podcast, uh, they they do really nice things with the camera work where you've got yeah. a light shining across something. Yeah. And you pan back and it's not there. Or yeah. there's mm -hmm. that scene in the chapel where the, the nun's shadow yes, comes up onto the side and yes. then walks round. And then is there in the mirror, but not when you turn around and then she's there. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and so I, I really like that. And, and one film that does that extremely well is Oculus. I don't remember if you remember Oculus, which is the one with the mirror and Amy Pond, Karen yes. Gillan. Yeah, yes, I just yes. have to say, Amy Pond and Chad's there. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so uh, yeah, that that was a really nice one where 
you just didn't know what the the characters were picking up because the in that mm. one Amy Pond picks up a an apple and bites into it and it turns out it's a light bulb and she's just uh-huh. bitten into it. so you know that it's a really really good uh, good thing and 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 that's why I liked the fact that the the nuns weren't real um mm-hmm. mm. yeah they were they were deliberately playing with that with the perception of both yeah. the characters and and us so i thought that that was really good i think yeah it's look it's it's still a, a, overall it's okay there's yeah. just yeah. There's, there's just silly bits that just stand out in your mind and you're just like well that was that was ridiculous why why is this a thing frenchie going the through the graveyard yes same yeah, yeah. so frenchie going through the through the the moment <laughs> they show the bells ringing i was like okay well someone's going to get buried alive like yep i wonder what's going to happen with this, this chekhov's film, gun oh this film had yeah chekhov's gun exactly there <laughs> were chekhov's guns everywhere it's like yeah. you haven't taken your vows yet mentioned a few times the bells <laughs> what are the bells for hmm <laughs> uh, <laughs> and and then yes the the ah there was the one i couldn't save this is the one that i yeah, yeah. this yeah, this could be yeah. used against me if ever there was a defiler around that could <laughs> yeah. uh, you know yeah. play with my person oh so um yeah i suppose that, that yeah. it was it was all of those were, were slight but the nun landing on frenchie from from the oh, tree yeah. oh, i mean yeah. you can tell just from just from the start when okay the angles, yeah. over there there is a, a scary mm. nun, and she has just uh, walked, oh, slid off like a Dalek. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> then he goes closer to look. Yeah, yeah, it's insane choices in this movie. That yes. as well. Yeah, like, that's also that's the beauty of like old school James Wan, like Conjuring One, Conjuring Two, those kind of films. Like no one is really stupid in those yeah. films, <laughs> and I mean, but in this one, they're just like dum-dums all of them are just dum-dums that see where they're walking through the sheets like the white sheets i mean first of all who's doing that much laundry and who needs that many white sheets <laughs> yep. in this abandoned convent but they're just like yep cool we'll walk through this crazy sheet land that's yeah. absolutely fine mm-hmm. like no make make wise choices make yes. wise choices do not follow the spooky scary ghost <laughs> and i think that's sort of just a general thing in horror yeah. films anyway if if you if you're at that level then woe beti- well you you deserve everything you get really. <laughs> yeah so i think as we're as we're entering spooky season just to to round this off let us quickly discuss the order of conjuring films so okay. just okay. for our listeners and just as a general reminder you've got conjuring 1 conjuring 2 annabelle annabelle 2 uh, annabelle comes home the nun am i forgetting anything uh, Animal Creations was one. As Animal well. Creations. Yeah. So, so it's a, essentially seven films. So almost a Harry Potter's worth of films. Yeah. To, La to as well. Uh, of course. Is, is loosely tied in. Yeah, the priest was the same priest mm. from the one yes, Annabelle okay, film. Okay. Yes, which I thought was adorable. <laughs> yeah. So, so David, uh, let's let's give each other a bit of time. Uh, once you've ordered them, just ding or just start <laughs> saying words. <laughs> So so let let's give ourselves some time to 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 order them and then and then we'll say Oh, it. are we ranking what? them or you're ranking them okay, in, okay, in the order. Okay. Okay. Oh god. Yeah. Oh god. Okay. I wish I'd written it down now. Yeah, cuz I I've only seen four of these. I've only seen Conjuring right. 1 oh, 2. Right. That makes your life a lot easier. Yes. And the two that I've just watched. So uh... <laughs> Oh god. Okay. So really well. <laughs> I think you've listed the ra- the ranking right I, there. Yes, yes, pretty much. Yeah. Although which, which one was worse? The none or the one? I think the nun was just marginally better. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. Yeah, Mm. yeah, yeah. Okay, so Simone, in terms of the the eight films, the 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 one of us. 
Um, I think the first Conjuring, like that was scary. I've rewatched it a couple times and it's scary every time. It's really, really good. Mm -hmm. I loved Annabelle Creations. That was also so good. Properly spooky. Um, Mm -hmm. That's the one that's in the orphanage. Yes. 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 Yeah. It's It's really um, good. Yeah. It's the only Annabelle film really worth watching, to be honest. Oh, Chad is not happy with that. (laughs) Annabelle Comes Home is... Okay, no, that's a fun one. That's not scary, though. That's just a good time. (laughs) (laughs) You can see when you've you've lived on horror for too long, when horror films (laughs) don't become scary anymore, they're just a good time. Um, (laughs) Just a romp. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> good sunday sunday watching um okay so so but yes david definitely check out the those two animals yeah you can okay. like, leave the rest behind yeah don't touch okay. the rest mm-hmm. um, i liked actually the Enfield haunting one like conjuring mm. two yeah conjuring mm-hmm. two that was that was that was pretty fun i thought mm. i liked i know that now they're making another spinoff called the crooked man from oh, okay that one, okay which might be good i <laughs> I, I got no excited idea. and then I remembered where we where we've been with these like spin-offs, spin-offs and things yeah. and then I remember that it's not a good idea. <laughs> well, we'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out. Well, uh, one thing I noticed about the about the Enfield haunting one uh, uh-huh. was that, and I'm sorry that, that yeah to take us on another slight tangent, no. but did you no, notice that's that, what we do? <laughs> oh, that's that's fine then. Um, the uh, that's actually one if you if you've never listened to Shadows at the Door, the podcast, which mm-hmm. is the podcast I do with Mark Nixon. It, the we have a story, a, a, a ghost story, and then we have the discussion afterwards, and the discussion right. is pretty Amazing. much eighty percent tangents. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, that's <laughs> we're, we're right up there with you. Perfect. <laughs> that's that's good podcasting in our opinion. <laughs> letting it go. Uh, so. Um, the scenes that were filmed or that, that were set in London were mm. washed out, grey, mm. colourless. <laughs> and the scenes in America, beautifully sunny and colourful. I was just like, you've played with your filters there, haven't you? To be fair, this was poor person London. So... Oh, that's, that's true. That's true. Yes, yes. Fine. Yes. <laughs> poor people but... don't get colors. Yeah, it's too expensive. Yes. But they do like doing that, don't they? Our, our poor country, the United Kingdom, gets a really rough deal if, if it's an American who's yep. directing it. Yep. You yep. will get washed out colors and then just these vibrant colors if you go anywhere else. And then, except for LA, which is just orange. <laughs> just always an orange filter over LA. But, yep. but, you know, England has colour. It's not always raining. Today it's Absolutely, sunny. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful outside. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Our government told us to say this. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's, it's funny that when I started doing voice acting like 15 years ago, which is, it's, it's awful, the, the amount of time. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, 15 years ago. I, as a British person, it was mainly American groups that were doing uh, online audio drama. So... Of course, right. what do I get cast as? I get cast as villains. Yep. People with agendas. <laughs> or posh. Yeah, th- th- those are the three. That's it, nothing else. Did you did you not get typecast as the gay person as well? Because I've often had that experience, but that's maybe just me. Um... <laughs> yeah, David was very quiet there. He was like... Mm. <laughs> well, I... I, I 
No, although since being with No Sleep, I have done a lot more stories where the the main or the character I play is gay, which is wonderful. Yeah. The representation. Uh-huh. Of course. But uh, <laughs> no, actually, I haven't been typecast as that. Uh, because I think the Britishness just wins out. We need a person to be mysterious. Yeah, you, we'll go with a Brit. British yeah. person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you found that that's changed more recently? Like, are you getting more diverse roles? <laughs> as, as a cis white man, yes. As a cis white man, <laughs> are you getting more diverse roles? You know, as, as, as cis white British men, it's it's just a crime. We don't get the diversity that we, exactly. that we deserve. Exactly. You know, how, <laughs> Less I, villainous I, roles. <laughs> I literally have only the gay card to play. Um, but, <laughs> Um, yes, yes, there's a lot more interesting roles out there, but there, I think that's, that's because the, the podcasting uh, and audio drama has just increased yeah. so much in mm. the last, even in the last 10 years, it's just, yeah. it's just grown so much, which is brilliant. Yeah, I, I would say my tagline for The Nun would be, who doesn't want to defile Frenchie? You're not wrong. You're not wrong. You gotta love <laughs> a little bit of the <laughs> French Canadian. He's, Honestly, he's little trashy lady boner, I was like... <laughs> I'd reconsider my vows to to come. Mm-hmm. I think if I get that tattooed on my let on my <laughs> neck, little trashy lady, lady boner. That's it's great. A, there's a subreddit called Trashy Lady Boners, and it's just <laughs> women perving over like the trashiest men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that scene where where Frenchie's like all hitting on on the mm-hmm. nun, like ooh ooh, mm-hmm. he's he gets very close, and you're just like, you know, you smell, but I'm yeah. about it. <laughs> <laughs> he was there because he had his shirt open well his, his night things open mm. there his hairy chest was there beautiful so like, piercing oh. eyes he looked great could could deal with a little bit of frenchie yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> this is so why you get typecast we... as gay chat. <laughs> 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 it's been an anomaly till now i never <laughs> understood it but mystery. <laughs> what's <laughs> Because you brought that up independently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean, when you see a gorgeous man, you just gotta you gotta comment. You gotta you gotta say words. Absolutely. Gotta Absolutely. And the fact that we can team up on this is great. There you go. <laughs> Would you like to team up on Frenchie? Yeah, I mean I'm I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> Good stuff. If uh, if the actor wants to get in touch, we've got we've got some sexy times for you over here. <laughs> <laughs> we can tag him on Twitter and just make him real uncomfortable. <laughs> I think he would probably just, like the attention. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just give him this bit of the audio clip. <laughs> so, David, what we do after we re- finish reviewing the movies is we like to say a scene that could have saved the movie. So mm. it's I mean it's called that, but we're very fast and loose Scary. with what the words <laughs> say. Scene that could have saved it. Sometimes it's the whole movie needs to be yeah. revamped. Sometimes it's a character. So what do you think? And I'll give you a bit of time. I'll go to Simone first. But think of a thing mm. in this film that would have just made it exponentially better. Simone, what is your scene that could have saved it while David's thinking? For me, I think this movie didn't actually cover the most interesting part of the story. Because for uh-huh. me, what I want to watch is a whole convent full of nuns. And this evil has been unleashed. Maybe someone falls asleep while they're doing their perpetual adoration or whatever. Or maybe someone is, like, intentionally a little bit 
villainous or something. And it's just like the slow realization among these nuns that there's a presence and there's possession. There's like murder. People are turning on each other. Maybe there's like this hysteria Mm. angle as well. So they all think that they're having some sort of collective vision. And like, you know, they could have really gotten spooky with a bigger group cast. And then it ends Mm. obviously with this nun Mm. uh, hanging herself and Frenchie walks or arrives, sees the body, and like as the nun gasps her last dying breath, Valak transfers into Frenchie, Ooh. and we can go straight mm, yeah. to the other Conjuring movies. Like I felt like this whole, the all of the events of this movie were totally extra and unnecessary. When like the real yeah. interesting story is like, how did all these nuns like yeah. not defeat mm. this evil and like get horribly cool. murdered? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's good. And then it also plays into the name as well, because who is the nun? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which one is it? Which yeah. one is the nun? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. That's a much better movie. Yeah. How about you, David? What's uh, what's your what's your scene? You, that you could, could yeah. you could then re- rename it as, and then there were none. <laughs> <gasps> that's so much better. <laughs> I love it. I love Netflix, it. Netflix, hit us up. We'll do it. Guys, come on. <laughs> <laughs> David can play the evil priest. <laughs> It'll be great. And we can just all three of us can just double up as the nuns, just like a, a like an Adam Sandler kind of romp, where we're just all three of us just being all the different nuns. <laughs> I like the sound of this. I, I'm I'm so down for that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. We got David in. Yes. Maybe Netflix will now listen to us. <laughs> Answer our emails finally. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I think that's actually a really good idea, Simone, because um, I, I think it was all extraneous. Yeah. Um, it was entirely superfluous. It's, it's let's get two people into a spooky place and just see what they do. Yeah. The whole thing with the whole thing with the, the blood of Jesus. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pick was... a saint at least. Like Jesus was a <laughs> bit on the nose. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of He's um, a big guy. <laughs> it's, it's only the blood of Jesus can save us. And why is it in yeah. this abandoned? I, I I wanted to know why the church actually kept it on as a as a convent, etc. Yeah. Mm. Um, but no, I think if if I was to to say a scene, I I basically say exactly what Simone said. So uh, yeah, it is amazing. Go Simone. There you go. Every now and again, I pull one out of the hat. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the thing. Like, I think that is the biggest problem about this movie is the fact that y- you just you just don't care because mm. it's supposed to be an investigation, but all we find mm. out is nothing matters, and it's mm. all just about Jesus. Yeah. And and yeah, it's it's ridiculous. But mm. for me, the scene that could have saved it is no zombie nuns, guys. Why are there zombie nuns in this? Mm. They get defeated by shotguns. You like oh, zombie nuns? Oh yes, zombie right. nuns. Why? That, that was what was so funny with the with the 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 flaming cross. <laughs> and there yeah. she is. Yes. She's now she's now aflame. The cross hasn't hurt her at all. Well, okay, it's made a car up in flames, but then and and then Frenchie shoots her. Yeah, zombie nuns. It makes no sense in the context of this whole movie. Yeah, and yeah, it just really upset me. <laughs> no. <laughs> Okay, and then to round off the movie, just to, to tie a little bow on it, we ask, would you watch this again, and would you recommend it to people? So, David, would you watch this again? Would you recommend it to people? Uh, I don't really think I need to watch it again, personally. <laughs> yeah. I well, think I have better things to do with, with, with uh, an hour and 36 minutes. Um, would I recommend it uh, only if people have got through all of my other recommendations first? <laughs> nice. 
that's that's fair. good. So it's right at the bottom of that list. Yeah, excellent. It's not right at the bottom of the list. Uh, there are <laughs> there are there are a lot of films I really would not recommend people watch. Uh, but this one's just a, it's it's in the eh, if you want to kind of category. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How about you, Simone? Would you would you watch it again? I feel like this is a movie I would play if I were having like a Halloween party or like a spooky, okay. scary party. And like I'd leave this on in the background while we're eating our snacks and like people can mm. talk over it then. Like it doesn't really matter. And like it's just mm-hmm. to ev- for everyone to have a party and have a good time. But like it's not one of those movies where it's like, shut up, shut up, shut up. We need to watch this. Yeah. You can't mm-hmm. miss anything. Like, There's it's... important plot points here that you're yeah. missing. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't watch this scene, you won't understand anything that's happening. <laughs> it's the blood of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> All handily crafted into this lovely little Fabergé egg. <laughs> the Fabergé egg, though, like the the, the 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 beauty of that and mm. the delicateness of the little the little cup. That was great. That I love that. Real that. Thing it was worth beautiful. Preserving. Yes. <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then Frenchie just spitting it all over the nun in the end yeah that was that was a great scene just yeah okay we'll just drink the blood of Christ that's fine I mean mm-hmm. I know that's what you're supposed to do in church on a Sunday but it's a wine it's a metaphor it's, it's not literal yeah yeah and, and yeah. surely having having swilled the blood around his mouth in order to spit why would he then be possessed I mean, yeah, there are other orifices it's... that I guess were Christ-free, so she could have used one of those. I think that's your way in, things... Chad. <laughs> well, I was gonna, I, I was, my joke was things priests say to little children, but oh I liked God, your joke Chad. too. <laughs> I, I at least kept it professional, Chad. <laughs> we told you not to expect great things. <laughs> Oh, all right. Back, back, back on track. Back on track. Uh, I would only, I would only recommend this, and I would only watch this if we're having a conjuring marathon. Yeah, it needs mm. to be part of it. It's something that you can't get away from. It's very much like Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. You have to watch it because it's part of the the whole thing, but you don't really want to. And yeah. and you know, this just kind of. You know, in the great grander scheme of the Conjuring films, you 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 do have to watch it. It's it's the one that you put on at sort of four a.m., five a.m., where yeah. everyone's just dozing yeah. off, and you've had the yeah. good stuff, and and just yeah. it's there in the background if you want to have a nap. Exactly. Yes, exactly. that's that's a perfect mm. description. Yeah, excellent. Mm. Oh boy, I cannot wait get to get back into spooky season. It has been far too long since we've done just a whole month of Halloween, and I am really buzzing for it i mean i know we do horror movies all the time but there is just something so magical and so special about doing an entire month of horror movies and i am very very excited so if you guys want to send in your horror suggestions now let us get ready all the way up to it if you want to be a special guest let us know we would absolutely love that there is such a wonderful celebration around halloween and we really really want to amp it up this year so if you also have any ideas please do write them into us we would really appreciate that so this is the end of the episode we really hope you enjoyed it and if you haven't listened to either of those episodes before i highly recommend going back and listening to them so that is the keanu reeves episode and a halloween episode featuring david alt Uh, and then if you haven't listened to some of our other episodes this would probably be a good time to just go and check out the backlog or don't because we might do this in the future you know what live your life live your best life and do whatever you want no one else can tell you what to do you are in control of your own destiny and don't let anyone tell you different This is the point in the podcast where Simone would usually tell you where to write to us, our Discord, our Facebook, our Instagram, and our Twitter. Unfortunately, I am completely useless and I don't remember those. 
We've been doing this ep- this podcast for over 200 episodes, and I still don't know our social media handles. So all I will say is please go give us a follow on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Please join us on TikTok, where we post very sporadically. And if you really feel like reaching out to us in a longer form, please do email us. We would really appreciate it. And of course, there is always the opportunity to join our Discord server. We would absolutely love to have a chat with you there. We often respond straight away, so having you involved would be brilliant. And as we say at the end of every episode, we love you and there's nothing you can do about it. This is where Simone would say it, but she's not here, so I'm going to do my best Simone impression. We love you and there's nothing you can do about it. Goodbye.